What's up, boys? How you doing? Hey. Hey, bud. Welcome back. It's good to have you again. Dude, I'm I'm excited to be back and not in anesthesia. Yeah, that was a whole thing. But uh, shall see you guys for holding it down last yeah, week. Of yeah. course. We we somehow we managed to get through. There were doubts, but you know, you were on the injured list. We had to keep keep the streak going. We did, but here we are all back at the table. Reservation for three. Love it. Yes, it is beautiful. Um, but boys, let's get this started. Um, I need you to Google something for me right now. <laughs> Florida man and your birthday. Oh, geez. Google Florida man well, the first and your birthday. Sounds like dangerous. full date or just the yep, full date. So I'm Googling Florida man. February 18th, and it says, oh, my God, <laughs> Florida man claims to be agent of God, carries rattlesnake on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what does yours say, Chris? My- <laughs> so <laughs> there were a lot of search results. <laughs> Yeah, the, the first one is uh, March 18, Florida man arrested, uh, accused of throwing a bowl of pancake batter at a woman who was making dinner. <laughs> and yeah, an arrest report says Dwayne Zimmerman was drunk on Friday night when he went onto the porch of a home where the woman was making pancakes and he threw a bowl of pancake batter at said woman. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I don't know if this is actually from my birthday, but it's coming up as one of the first ones. So without going into the actual article itself, Florida man hit dad in face with pizza after learning he helped deliver him, police say. <laughs> This is incredible. <laughs> I need that newspaper. I need that newspaper. <laughs> it was legitimately one of my favorite things that ever happened on Twitter. And it was like three years ago and it came up on my time hop. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this for the open. Like absolutely <laughs> doing this for the open. I didn't look up your birthdays. I was just like, we're doing this. Cause it's like every day, Florida man and your birthday. It's just, there's something absolutely ridiculous. And these are like, real stories like reported on like you just yeah. look at it it's not like these are just coming up on you know random sites no this is like on whatever the local news is in florida and that place in florida talked about <laughs> some guy saying that he was god carrying a rattlesnake across the beach <laughs> why why is it always florida though like why the only the craziest news or the craziest news only comes out of florida and it's consistently florida why is that dude I wish I could tell you. <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, Florida man is definitely a symbol and that seems to be the only state that really represents it so well time in time out again and again, day after day, year after year, apparently Florida man for the win or whatever this is. So yeah, everybody listening needs to do that right now and tweet us what yes. your Florida man headline is. That's I, I forgot about that. That's amazing. Yeah. It really is incredible. Well, boys, let's get the brunch breakdown started because we got a fun one today. It's Didi out here in Los Angeles. Chris and Dan are in Pittsburgh. And today on the show, we're going to be talking cinnamon toast shrimp 
which is a very, very, very fun story that has uh, <laughs> taken over the internet the last couple of days. Uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, are coming back on Disney Plus. Uh, when you hear this, it'll be, to, it'll be tomorrow. So they released some photos, and there's one photo that we're going to talk about. And the and a ref in the NHL got caught with a hot mic. We're going to talk about that, and we got brunch court, and there's some good stuff in brunch court. I'm not going to spoil. Uh, any of it for you and what we're listening to but boys let's get it started with a very interesting <laughs> uh bruise day chris what are you sipping on today for bruise day yeah well uh i sound like horse shit if you yeah. haven't noticed and i apologize to everybody listening because like one of my pet peeves with listening to radio shows and podcasts is when somebody is sick. I just don't like listening to it. Unfortunately for you listening, you got about an hour coming up and it's going to be rough. Uh, with that said, I am not drinking alcohol today because that would not support me trying to get over whatever the hell I'm dealing with. So I did still brew something. And what I brewed was tea. A nice which, let me, which one is this? Lemon uh, ginger Bigelow tea. <laughs> oh, I can't do this. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I could physically brew up for today's episode. I hope you all understand. I love it. And uh, for Bruce Day, Chris, me and you, same page today. No. Since I am on lots of very heavy um, pain medicine, not as strong a pain medicine as I was on last week, but uh, I'm on some heavy pain medicine after uh, back surgery, I have been drinking nothing but tea, uh, but a little stash, Meyer lemon, Meyer lemon tea. That is what I am sipping on today for bruise day. A little spot of tea. Yeah, it's oh, tea, tea time with the brunch breakdown. It's I know this is great. <laughs> wow, how have we done this podcast for so long? And this is our first tea party. Shout we, the, like, we've done us. so many royal family type of topics that would have been easy tea time. I don't know why we didn't do that. Wow. Yeah. Shame well, on us. Tea party. Well, Dan, what are you? What are you sipping on for Bruce? <laughs> well, I'm glad to be the one to keep the streak alive. I do not have tea. I do have a tea based beer which if I would have known this ahead of time, I surely would have grabbed. However, <laughs> I have an actual beer here uh, for everybody today to enjoy <laughs> and just try to remember what beer tastes like, especially for you too, uh, as you suffer through your weeks. We hope you get both get better. Uh, but I have a beer from a new, not a new brewery, but a, a brewery I have not featured on this podcast on Brews Day before. So very excited to introduce from Yellow Bridge Brewing, naturally, from Western Pennsylvania, but they're out in Delmont. And if you're from Western Pennsylvania or you're not, you probably won't find Delmont unless you accidentally stumble upon it after you go past Monroeville and Murraysville out way out there. It's way out there. Okay. Greensburg kind of out in that direction. Uh, but they have a series called something art T with the ART because they have different artists that actually create the uh, label art for these cans, which I'll show you here momentarily. And this version that I'm introducing and showing you and sharing with you here today is a peaches and cream sour ale. Ooh. And oh man, Ooh. oh man, this beer is wonderful. It really is. It truly, truly tastes like peaches and cream, like real peaches, real ice cream. 
you get that vanilla, you get that juiciness from the peach. It's certainly not overly sour. It is a sour ale, uh, but it's, you know, like a tart, like a peach truly is like the fruit of a peach. This is a wonderful, this is my perfect beer for summer, but I would literally drink this any time of the year. The peaches and cream sour ale, uh, part of the something tart series from yellow bridge. Um, this beer is wonderful. Shouts to, uh, Shannon's friend, Jamie for hooking us up with this, but I'll be on the lookout for more of these and more of this series. Cause boy, I tell you, if you like peaches and cream or the peach ring candy, imagine that with ice cream, it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm going to enjoy that here today. That's beautiful. That can's like gorgeous. Yeah. Right. It is the, the, the art part of it. I wish I could give a shout out to the artist, but I think it's just their um, Instagram handle. So I'm not here to do that, but the beer is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that is sweet. dude. When you were talking about going past places, I was like thinking of all the random like remotes at like random bars in Pittsburgh that I've done. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, like it's past Monroeville. It's past this, you know, it's, it's a just place in there. Yeah. yeah. You're yep. just driving like, where am I? And then there's a sports <laughs> bar there. And, All right. That's where we're setting up ESPN radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd stumble on this brewery if you were out in those, that neck of the woods for sure. Well, Dan, uh, before we go too far, let everyone know where they can find the brunch breakdown, which is literally everywhere now. Literally everywhere. Absolutely. You can find the brunch breakdown anywhere you find any podcast that you listen to, that includes the popular ones, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and yes, our announcement from a few weeks ago, now on iHeartRadio. Very, very easy to find us there on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, those episodes coming to you each and every week, along with the full video episodes. we got a lot of visuals, and you'll be able to see some very hilarious reactions based on some of the things we discuss here. And those full videos or epi uh, episodes are available on our YouTube page and our Facebook page each and every week get released the same day the audio podcasts do. Uh, so make sure to check those out, find those there on demand anytime, anywhere you want to watch them. And of course we're on social media everywhere at brunch breakdown while you're out there searching around, find our good friend at the legend status podcast, Brendan, he's at legend status pod. His episodes get released every Tuesday. Check him out. Check us out. Any listeners of his, we welcome them and enjoy because we got a full menu here today. That's for sure. Yes. Make sure you hit us up, Triller and TikTok um, yes. as well because oh. we're killing it on, on those. Triller loves us right now. Uh, TikTok loves another one of our people on this podcast, which is Chris, who has a 1 million viewed video. What does that feel like? Uh cool i don't know <laughs> you Come know on. how social media goes like <laughs> the like social media nowadays is like that video was cool for a day and now today you got to make another video that's cool or else hey, nobody's paying attention i had <laughs> one viral tweet we've all we've all had one viral something at this point dds with lizzo i had one viral tweet and it is still pinned to my profile and it will i've just that's it <laughs> i've topped that i have i have retired <laughs> I have tweeted far less since. If you've noticed, you can scroll like Dan's not on Twitter anymore. No, I'm not because that was it. That's the peak. That's the pinnacle. So Chris, I don't envy you, uh, but I know that you'll be up for your challenge to, to up that 
even even more so. So good luck, bro. Yeah, it's the the topic was how to build an entire gym for the price of a Peloton bike. And I've just had like 600 people yelling at me because they can't find the Bowflex dumbbells I have. And like, we just Googled at the beginning of this episode. You can try it. Give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. I have core fitness adjustable dumbbells. There are other yeah. ones to buy also. Yeah. Who, who knew? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's other ones you can buy. <laughs> well, uh, it's time to get random topics off our chest now. And uh, Chris, get it off your chest, man. What is on, what is on your mind? today now that you're sick and don't feel well. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm going to put, well, I don't know that I ever put together my thoughts all that clearly on this podcast, but (laughs) especially today, I don't know how well I'm going to do just generally. um, So I am sick because my daughter got sick at daycare and her daycare is now actually closed down because a child there tested positive for COVID. Right. And I just want to use this as opportunity to like tell everybody, even, even, even ourselves, like we got real excited three or four episodes ago, ago when Biden said like, you know, vaccine's going to be out. We're going to be okay. Everybody's going to get a chance to get it by May. Uh, that rhymed. That was dope. See, if I wasn't all hopped up on, on medicine, it would have never happened. Put that on TikTok. Put that on TikTok. But like, not everybody has the vaccine yet. And I have kind of felt lately that like, uh, maybe we're doing things a little too quickly. You know, uh, it just, I'm excited about it too, but like, let's all continue to do the things that we need to do to be able to get to summer and get vaccinated and then like continue to be able to do things. Um, because like <clears throat> you're far be it for me to tell anybody how to live their life, but your actions are going to impact other people, whether you like it or not. So like, just continue to be safe and responsible and like do the right things because you're going to walk by somebody in a grocery store or your kids are going to go to daycare with other kids. Or I don't know, if you have to go back to work, you're going to be in an office with other people. And like the people you come in contact with, it makes it, it, it makes an impact. So just please be careful. Cause I, we feel like we're going to have a summer that's going to be nice, but like, I actually want that to happen. So please be careful. That's, that's all I got. Beautiful. I honestly, I feel the same way as you, Chris, because it's just, you know, everything you look at, it's like a state, you know, saying that 75% can go to restaurants now, or they're lifting there's no masks in Texas or, you know, Florida or whatever. And I'm just, oh, I'm just like pump, pump the brakes. And I don't know if you guys saw all the videos from like Miami, Florida this past weekend, yeah. but they had to put a, they had to put a curfew on South beach, a curfew mm-hmm. on South beach. Like all those photo, all those videos, no one's wearing masks. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing all sorts of things. And it is, no one's got masks on. And I just, yikes too fast. It is. It's, it's a little, it's a little worrisome because you get all that good news. And even in Pennsylvania, you know, we get the, like you said, DD is 75% at restaurants and things like that. And we're, that still hasn't happened yet, which is even what's scary because those numbers aren't continuing to go down. They've kind of started to whoop, 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 a little yeah. bit more. So yeah. you're right, Chris, it's, you know, still, still being smart and still being careful and doing all the right things because we ain't there yet. So let's it's just a little bit longer, a little more patience. And then we'll be all right. Yeah. So everybody, everybody chill. Everybody chill. Yeah. Everybody chill. Dan, get it off your chest. Oh, well, gentlemen, this is a this is a great one for me. 
here today to, to share this with you, this news with you here today. Uh, back in June, when we first restarted this podcast, you know, I presented you with a movie that I was a big fan of, Netflix original movie. And there was some laughter and some mocking and some things like that, but there were some supporters that really held on. And they held on until, until now, when last week, Oscar nominations came out. Shut up. And nominated for Best Original Song, oh my Pusevic, God. My Hometown, from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Yes, we did it. We made it. I am so happy and so excited. It's no Yaya Ding Dong. I'll say that. It's not Yaya Ding Dong, which is unfortunate. But this song is truly great. It's a perfect ballad that really encapsulates the message of the movie. Um, again, there was all that laughter and, and a lot of mocking. And you guys, you know, you weren't big fans of, of Yaya Ding Dong, but... Shouts to those that held on with me. Shouts to our good friend and listener of the program, Megan, for believing and for notifying me as soon as the nominations came out. She alerted me, so I want to give her credit for letting me know uh, first right away. Chris, a few weeks ago, you said you ran out of stuff to watch, and you didn't want to watch TV shows, and you were looking for movies. We gave you one suggestion. Well, my friend, if you need any more proof, I don't know what else you need. We've got an Oscar-nominated film here. Yes, it's the song, but it's still an Oscar-nominated film. Eurovision is still available on Netflix, and it is now trending back in the top 10 where it belongs right but next to Coco Melon. I will tell you that, right next to Coco Melon. We're coming for you. Um, it likely won't win the award. Uh, there's the song from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah uh, that her wrote is probably going to win, uh, deservedly so. But I'm taking this victory lap now. Uh, Oscars are on April 25th. You sure shit better believe that if it does win, that that, two, that episode week is going to be phenomenal. An extra victory lap, but I'm taking it now. So congratulations to the wonderful folks and singers and Will Ferrell from Eurovision for the nomination of Best Original Song. Let's get this. Boy, if they win, I hope they thank you, Dan. <laughs> That would be nice. Just trying to, you know, try to get, get the word out. I, I thought you were going to say, yeah, yeah, ding dong. <laughs> and I, that would have been ridiculous. I don't, I'm not even sure I've listened to this other song, so I probably shouldn't pass judgment on it. I don't, did you put this one on the playlist? I didn't, but you bet your ass it's going on this okay. week. It is indeed. So you'll hear it. It's uh, you probably wouldn't realize it. Unless you really listen to the lyrics. Does it sound song. like Ya Ya Ding Dong? No, not at all. Okay, not at all. This is I'll more give of a, a ballad. Chance. Yeah, this is more of a ballad. It's a it's a it's a good song. It really is, but it's just perfect that it goes with that movie. And it's is, Wh that movie. is Will Ferrell singing? And in, in the, the movie he's singing. I think they always do another version where like okay. the professionals sing it. <laughs> uh, I'll have to double check on the on the track that I share, but Super excited. Super excited. I'm happy for you, man. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was a Give lot. it to me, Didi. Give it to me. <laughs> All right. Well, other than just that, I don't need to get that off my chest. But uh, here's what I do need to get off my chest, guys. Um, while I was in the hospital last week, I realized I was starting to think about something. I was in like super pain. And I'm like, 
barely able to like roll over on Tuesday, like wild pain after surgery. Um, made me think of like what an NFL player's body feels like. Because <laughs> I am, I am now 36 and I was a good athlete in high school. I basically peaked at, you know, 18, 19 years old, playing basketball, ran all track, you know, every sport I played, all that stuff. But like, I have this, I had this awful back that all comes from like, basically starts from like breaking two ankles while playing sports. So like, what does an NBA player feel like when they retire? <laughs> what is an NFL player? What is an NHL yeah. player? You get what I'm trying to say here. What do they feel like? Because I know I felt like hell for the last three years after like before this back surgery and hopefully, you know, it does everything I want it to do. Uh, but like, holy crap. I just played sports as a kid. I didn't get hit by like JJ Watt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't going toe to toe with Joel Embiid in the posts. Like I just played dudes in West Virginia and Ohio. Like, and I had to go get back surgery at 35 and it was an excruciating pain for years before that. So I just like wonder what the hell do they feel like if I felt like absolute garbage for playing high school sports? Yeah. That's I, a great I, point. <laughs> and like you're with your age too, like a lot of people that have back surgery don't necessarily have it in their thirties. Yeah. Right. Like, I know. So putting that on top of it, imagine that being, you know, 10, 20, sometimes even 30 years later than what you did. And a lot of those athletes having to go through a lot of the, a lot more surgeries and stuff like that. Oh, dude, I can't even, um, I can't even imagine. I really can't. I remember watching this thing on, uh, Jerome Bettis when he was in like his final season and how, like during this season, he slept on the main floor because he couldn't physically go up and down stairs. Yeah, I remember and that. like that was such an eye opener to me. That was a long time ago now, like what 15 years ago. Um, yeah, like it's a good thing. Well, the cra- so here's the crazy thing when I think about like NFL players, like, and most of those guys only play like three years. Oh, in yeah, the, in the NFL. Yeah. So you sacrifice your body that much for like three years of a really good salary, but then you have to live the rest of your life in that type of pain and like your body's deteriorate i don't yeah, it's crazy it's crazy yeah. it's weird because like you just mentioned like three years it's like reggie bush played in the nfl for like what five years and he had like a few really good years in there and it was just like done like he yeah. probably played maybe five seven years or whatever like how does he feel every morning <laughs> if i feel like this I, <laughs> like, man I just wonder how these people feel and how they go through these surgeries. And cause this is the first time I'd ever had surgery before. Right. So we hear this stuff all the time. It's like, Oh yeah. Like they got to get this kind of surgery. They got to get this cleared out in their knee. They got to go get this and they'll be fine. They'll be back in two weeks. They'll be back in a week. And I'm like, how, please tell me how, how can someone be like, I'm going to go get this kind of surgery. And then I'm going to be back playing whatever sport it is. And like, a week or two or in a month or something like what? Like I yeah. can't do anything for two months. And I'm literally thinking like, I don't know. Like I can't see two months from here. So like, we'll have to see, like, I'm not promising anybody anything. Yeah. And the fact that they keep going back to it and having to get how many surgeries does it take before you're like, you know what? 
that's this is the last one. This this is it. Yeah. I'm good. I know it's not easy to just retire from something like that, and a lot of players do retire early before they get to that point. But again, to have to continually go through things like that and keep going back to it, be like, yep, it's just part of the process. Ooh, no way, no way, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, weird. Well, boys, let's get into the main course, and uh, we got some fun ones today. But uh, let's get it started with what's taken over the internet. This cinnamon toast shrimp story. <laughs> so uh, Jensen Carp, uh, who I know a lot about Jensen Carp, but we'll get to that in a second about why I know so much about him. But anyways, he uh, was pouring out his cinnamon toast crunch cereal and found shrimp pieces in there, like old shrimp pieces in the cereal box and posted it on Twitter and it has since went absolutely viral with investigations going on by uh, the federal government <laughs> wondering how this could possibly happen because Cinnamon Toast Crunch says this didn't happen in their factory. So it is a whole thing. And there are so many levels to this story. What do you guys think? Cinnamon Toast Shrimp. Somehow this isn't brunch court because this is right. just a really funny story. But yeah, <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Shrimp. I'll tell you what, it's super disgusting and super fascinating all at the same time at first glance i was hoping no way these can't be shrimp tails it's just like clumped up pieces of cinnamon sugar and not really wanting to zoom in on the photos or whatnot well our boy thankfully provided us with some close-up images of photos you can you clearly see yes indeed cinnamon sugar coated shrimp tails in your cinnamon toast crunch i mean and it wasn't a good look. First of all, Cinnamon Toast Crunch has its own Twitter account. That just seems weird to me. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't it just be General Mills or something like that? They all have to have, oh, what do you do? I run Cinnamon Toast Crunch uh, Twitter. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, we're trying to get, I'm trying to get on, uh, on uh, Honeycomb, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, they didn't, it wasn't a good look. Their response it was kind of a denial. They kind of went the same route I did. Oh, it's, you know, cinnamon clusters, uh, you know, we would never have anything like this happen. You know, we're sorry. It will replace the box. Like, replace the box? Dude, there's shrimp in here. I don't need your $3.89 replacement box sent here because you had, I found shrimp in my cinnamon toast crunch, the best cereal of all time. That really doesn't help either. But this is, by most people's popular opinion, the best cereal, cinnamon toast crunch. So, it wasn't a good look on their part, and now it's very clear and very evident that those were shrimp tails, and because Cinnamon Toast Crunch came out with this public response, didn't get into the DMs, it's it's not a good look for them either. Ugh. I have so many. Like, I'm not even – I know I'm not focusing on what I should be focusing on with this story, but – why is this like 45 year old dad eating cinnamon toast crunch in the first place? And why it's a two bag box to that point, Chris. <laughs> so it's like the Costco one where you get two bags in one box. We'll get to the second bag here in a second. Cause there's more in the second bag, but to your point, why is he at Costco getting like the family size two bag box of cinnamon toast crunch? Like fascinating. It tastes great. None of us are going to deny that, but like at a certain age, move on, have some <laughs> eggs, you know, have something else Wait, for breakfast. You age out of cereal. 
I think so. Yeah. I think some cereals you age out of like, I can't tell you the last time I've had a bowl of lucky charms, DD. I, I, I know that's not the main point here. Like cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> is completely in the wrong. It's disgusting. I'm looking at these photos. We're, we're purposely not doing the visuals here on the video <laughs> episode of the podcast. Cause it's yeah. gross. Um, but like, just something else to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck on this whole, like, cause I don't eat cereal anymore, but I never really liked cereal that much as a kid. Like there were some that I liked, like cinnamon toast crunch I liked, but like, I didn't really like need to buy it at a certain point. I was like, I don't want to buy cereal. I can eat breakfast other ways, but like, I just. <laughs> they're also, they're also grown ass Hollywood adults to mention that <laughs> on top of all of that. I know you're going to get into a little bit more about who he is and I- I'm fascinated with that discussion too, but these are grown ass Hollywood adults. Makes it even more, <laughs> more funny that they're still eating cinnamon toast crunch. Like I probably know too much about this stuff, but like, especially these like real sugary cereals, like they're made from like waste product to begin with. Like it's not, you're not. So part of me is just like at whatever age you are, stop eating this shit. But no, at the end of the day, there should not be shrimp tails. How did they get in there? What factory are both of these processed in? That's something I have a question about because that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, speaking of waste product, he also apparently found some of that in some of the little pieces of cinnamon toast crunch too. If you really want to dive into it again, we're not showing those photos either, but apparently some rat doo-doo might've made its way in that same bag after somebody on Twitter suggested to him, go back and check out the rest of the bag. And that's what he found. So he like, a- he like solicited Twitter and he's like, okay, no, we can confirm it's not maggots or bugs. Like, right. Right. <laughs> the second bag had dental floss. In it, yeah. is that right? And it was taped at the bottom, clearly messed with from somebody. This wasn't done in a, you know, this portion, somebody had their hands on this. But this is super weird though. This is just, it's just now it's, now I need to know where to, who to blame, where to blame, where to start. Yeah. I, I Like how did they get in there? It just makes you not trust any of those cereals anymore. And this is nothing to do with a healthy, unhealthy thing. It's just kind of like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Because I feel like this could happen to any cereal. If like, because Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it's not like it's the only brand named by some small brand company or something. No, like this could happen to any cereal. Everyone's going to be checking their cereal bags like every week. But I guess that's the reason, I guess, you know, maybe that's the reason why my mom used Tupperware containers all the time. Still the cereal in the Tupperware. We make too. sure there's no shrimp tails in it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be bad for the cereal market. Grape nuts just got back on the shelf. They've been gone for a long time and grape nuts are finally back on the shelf. They see the old people that have been sticking to Chris's plan and going, retiring from cinnamon toast crunch and going back to grape nuts. They're happy, but get your little sifter out and making sure you're not eating any uh, shrimp tails as a side dish. <laughs> I will <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm still stuck on this. Like (laughs) you age out of certain cereals. You just do. I I can't believe. (sighs) Come on Topanga. What's going on here? Have we dove into that yet? No, but so this DDM should get into it a little bit more, but yes, this gentleman is the husband of 
Topanga from Boy Meets World, Danielle. And let me just say this. If you got to marry Topanga, something that most people our generation and our age wanted to do for half of our lives, if you get to marry Topanga, you can deal with some freaking shrimp tails in your cereal and keep it to yourself. <laughs> That's just how karma works, friend. That's just how karma works. All right. You're going to, you're not going to get dealt every positive card, every hand in the deck. You're going to have to deal with some stuff like this and be scarred forever. Maybe not being able to eat cereal, cinnamon toast crunch ever again, but I don't think people feel bad for you. Once we found out about that, I don't because now I don't. But yeah, Jensen Carp with Topanga. Um, interesting thing about Jensen Carp. I've read about three books in my life, probably like for fun, <laughs> like in my life, probably read about three books. He has no doubt my favorite book that I've ever written, that I've ever read. And it's called Kanye West Owes Me $300. Because Jensen Carp used to be a battle rapper in Los Angeles. And he won this huge competition and signed like a million dollar record deal with um, Jimmy Iovine and Interscope back in the back in like the early 90s. And the whole book is just about his life and basically being a rapper who was that almost made it because he has and he has all these stories with all of these producers from the 90s. All the whole thing is basically like um, everybody in hip hop from like all these stories about everybody in hip hop from like 99 to like 2004 or something. And young Kanye West helped him produce, helped produce a song of his. And he gave Kanye like um, car service and it was $300. And Kanye said he'd pay him back, but he never did. <laughs> so, but that's like the last chapter in the book. Anyways, it's just a great title wow. for the book. But anyways, but I was like obsessed with him for a certain period of time. I met him at the ESPYs and he was with Topanga. And I met Jensen Carb, didn't say anything to Topanga, which is one of the things that I really, really regret in my life. Oh. Said nothing to Topanga. Um, so that was like kind of funny. And I was at a chance, the rapper concert and they sat behind us <laughs> they oh, come sat on. behind us. This is your dude. I just loved, dude. I, it's hilarious. I have all these, this great Jensen Carp info, but he's a fascinating <laughs> guy. And Kanye West owes me $300 is like my favorite book. It's amazing. Oh, it's an amazing book. If you love music amazing, history, amazing story. Wow. I don't know where this goes from here. Like you said, there's investigations ongoing finding out why, but we don't need, we, we don't need this. We don't need to ruin a wonderful cereal like cinnamon toast crunch and they got to get it together. I mean, come on. That's, it'll make me think twice about what going do up you, and down the side of your aisle. What do you do to make up for that? Like how does cinnamon toast crunch say, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Does mo does money do it? Do you give them a lot of money? Say sorry for the bad cereal. Well, do you like, accept a lifetime supply of cinnamon toast crunch? Could you eat it ever again? <laughs> that would be the funniest. <laughs> we're really sorry about that bad box that you got. So we're going to give you even more boxes of our cereal. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Yeah. For free. And if you, but then that'd be funny because like, you know, they're not just going to make them like, special boxes they're just going to give them boxes oh, no. yeah. so it's like what if happens if you find more shrimp tails in another box of cereal <laughs> make him head of quality assurance <laughs> put it back on him maybe promotions job <laughs> apparently he's had a lot of jobs make that one of them make a, a cinnamon toast crunch like make make it make a make light of it 
put like little shrimp marshmallows in there or something like that. I don't know. Just <laughs> we'll be breaking that down on brunch court in six months is the shrimp edition of uh, cinnamon toast crunch with the shrimp, make <laughs> shrimp tails in it. And because TikTok is like the best thing in the world, uh, a girl who like makes food, who makes like the quick meals on TikTok, she made cinnamon toast shrimp on TikTok and it looked oh. amazing. Looked absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. I'll link to it somewhere, probably on our Twitter or Facebook on uh, with that one because it's do. it's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a, like a duet reaction video to it or something like that this week because that's Ooh. yeah, that's what like we'll it. do because like it. it's it's pretty phenomenal. And like because it looks like <laughs> coconut shrimp, but it's like cinnamon toast shrimp and it looks amazing. I'm down. Oh, my God. Well, uh, boys, let's get into uh, something I've been dying to talk to you guys about. This Mighty Ducks photo. Mighty Ducks Game Changers coming out on Disney Plus March 26th. And a um, little surprise in this EW spread that had a photo of some people in the old cast of Mighty <laughs> Ducks with Emilio Estevez. Chris is Run pulling center. up a picture. Um, yeah, when you saw this picture. Uh, <laughs> What were your thoughts? Like I've never felt older in my entire life. <laughs> and what happened to half of these poor people who seemingly got really ugly and really old just as quick. Yeah. This actually is the worst experience I've had with this photo right now. Um, I haven't looked at it this big before. <laughs> I, the, I, I went, when I saw it before, it was on my phone. This is awful. First yeah, thing I thought was, my God, like I like Banksy's life. I don't know what happened to his life Ooh. in the past however many years, but man, it's tough. Adam Banks looks like he could have been hanging out with Goldberg just a little bit early in the days before he just completely went off the rails. If you've seen those photos of just put like Goldberg mugshot in Google and you mm-hmm. won't even recognize what that guy looked like. He's cleaned up now, I think, but he looks like maybe in the early days, but Adam Banks, right? Good looking kid, star of the team. No, no, no. Now you're a fourth liner, 99. Get to the back, get to the back. (laughs) Dude, he looks like he's been toiling in the minors for years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Averman is looking rough. Is that Kenny Wu? So yeah, Yeah. let's go. We'll go left to right. And for those just listening, um, Get to YouTube, get to Facebook, and check these. Check this photo out as we go through and break this down. We'll go from left to right. So you have Connie to start, then you have Gee, <laughs> then you have Fulton, Coach Gordon Bombay, of course, right in the middle, looking a little puffier than we remember seeing him, just a little puffed up. Uh, then Adam Banks, Kenny Wu, and Averman rocking some cargo shorts, and I hope that was just part of part of wardrobe because that if that was a a choice on his own then his face matches his shorts just based on the people that still wear those so um for me the individuals on the left side of this photo look like they've aged well the individuals on the right side of the photo do not look like they've aged well whatsoever they 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 didn't do anybody any favors by putting like kind of good looking aged people on the left and kind of you may not recognize these people on the right yeah, that's fair. Guy was always like the good looking 
dude that was like talking to girls and he still is. Yeah. Good looking guy. Yeah. Uh, Fulton looks like I, what I think Fulton would look like when he grew up. Yes. He's aged appropriately and is really hasn't changed. <laughs> how, old is really Emilio, hasn't... how old is Emilio Estevez? Oh, he's like, gotta be like 70 in he's real old. life. What? He's because he be was, like yeah, he was like in his probably 20, somewhere in his twenties in the breakfast club in the eighties. Right. That 58. Was... No way. Yeah. I definitely thought he was like, 70. he turns 59 in May. So he's almost 60 years old. I mean, he looks pretty good for 60 years old. Yeah. He's just a this, little puffier. This looks like they all are in rehab and this is their class photo. <laughs> this is the Gordon Bombay rehab it. center photo <laughs> class of 2021. And this is it. Cause this is just, I, I just don't understand why you would put out a bad photo. I, I guess it's because they're probably I'm I'm assuming there's stories to this and hopefully there's something about why they all look like this, but man. Well, yeah. That'll be the fast. That'll be the fascinating part because this picture was taken from, it's actually part of a reunion that happens in episode six yeah. of the series. So it'll be fascinating kind of how this all comes together and maybe why they look a certain way. It's a very high definition photo. So <laughs> you can clearly see everything. I don't know if the cameras are going to do it any more justice. We're definitely going to break down that series once it goes live on Disney plus uh, in just a couple of days. But I don't know if this preview photo makes me want to watch it more or less. I can't really, I can't really tell what to do. Yeah. I'm less interested in like critiquing how these people look and more interested in just saying how, depressed it makes me yeah um because they like i don't i want my memory of the mighty ducks to be the kids that played ice hockey i think it's cool that they're bringing back the show i didn't need the the kids from the original one to come back and be part of it i didn't need that I didn't, and i remember like early like when i was younger thinking like oh it'd be so cool if they did like a fourth one where like charlie goes pro or something like that and now that i see this I'm really happy they didn't do that because I, I don't need that. You think they had like some meetings, some really, really early meetings for an idea like that all pre COVID. And they brought some of the old actors in and just got a look at them and then looked at the writers and just said, throw that in the garbage. This isn't going to work with these faces, with these people. No one's going to watch this. This can't work. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, cause, cause everyone's been posting this. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you want to feel old? Look at this. I'm like, it doesn't make me feel old. I'm just like, just, you look at Aberman and you're like, is that how you dress? Like all the time? Like, why do you have cargo pants over pants? That's got to be wardrobe. Like Dan said, that's got to be wardrobe. I hope it is, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I'd hang out with Connie and Gee. Hopefully they still end up together. We'll find that out. I'm sure. But they, you know, she's rocking leggings. He's rocking some, some jeans that I would probably wear. Connie and Gee look like they've aged appropriately. They're not much older than us. We'd hang out. We'd have, have a beer, you know, or a cup of tea, whatever it might be. Um, (laughs) The other ones could could get lost because (laughs) (laughs) like, they look like they got ready for this. Like they look like they like got ready to go do something. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna go take pictures. Everyone else was like, oh, we're taking pictures. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
And poor Kenny Wu. Kenny Wu was like the smallest, the fat, he was the real fast guy, I remember. He might he might have been one of the youngest in Mighty Ducks when it was filmed. This doesn't even look like the same person. Yeah. I, it, this is very hard to, to identify him. Naturally, the facial hair doesn't help by comparing it to like an eight-year-old, but <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult. It's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. This is, uh, it, it's interesting. I'll tell you enough. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the show, though. I know a kid in the show, Max Simpkins. I'm excited to see him in the show. Uh, so yeah, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers on uh, Disney+. Plus. Can't wait for episode six. Every, everybody <laughs> went Bauer skates except for Averman. He went CCMs. What do you think about that? Ooh, what does that C- tell? What does that tell you? I kind of like that though. Now that you pointed that you, out, you're a CCM guy. I I I do like CCM. Now he's a grinder, so CCM is much more of of that type of style. Everybody else. <laughs> well, none of these guys did deserve Reebok, Sidney Crosby type of no, deals. Okay, no, but the new age Bowers. If they, I mean, I don't know why Fulton's rocking Bowers. He's <laughs> she should be a CCM guy as well. But he should be Averman wearing cohos or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Amazing. Good Lord. Can't uh, wait yeah, can't wait to watch. And uh, rolling into uh, more hockey talk, uh, Chris, you found this story. An NHL ref got caught with a hot mic. I love hot mic stories because it's so easy not to get caught with a hot mic. But when people do, it's like, you're an idiot. But go on. Tell us about this story, Chris. Yeah, this is great. Um, An NHL referee, his name is Tim Peel, uh, was fired today, Wednesday, because on Tuesday night, a hot mic captured him as they were going into commercial break right after he called a penalty. He said... On live TV, he said, there wasn't much, but I wanted to get a effing penalty against Nashville. And then it went to commercial. So everybody watching the game heard him basically say, I called a penalty just because I wanted to call a penalty. And to be honest with you, I'm shocked that the NHL actually fired him. Uh, Tim Peel is one of those guys, Dan, I don't know if Dan has said it on this podcast before, but Dan has said it many times that (laughs) if you know a referee's name, that's a bad thing. And uh, Tim Peel is one of those guys. So a lot of people, myself included, were very happy to hear that he got fired. But boys, this confirms something that I have long believed in that as much as officials and referees want to say that they are as unbiased as they possibly can be, there are 100% many officials and referees that are biased and call shit because they want to, not because it actually happened. And so I'm I'm happy somebody actually got fired. I did not think the NHL was going to do it. The NHL is not necessarily the sports league that like, cares about the integrity of officiating uh, as much as other sports do. So uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, that's, it's fascinating. They did, they fired him right away, right? There's no, you know, we're going to suspend him and investigate and yada, yada, yada. That would be a typical NHL direction to go. They're just like, Nope, you're done. Not now, not in the future. So I give them credit for that. But in the war, in this world now where gambling is so much bigger than it used to be, you cannot have officials be be caught saying anything like that. Now, a lot of people that are defending him are saying it's, you know, the makeup call type of thing where that happens in games where they missed a call or something like that. 
but you cannot be caught with a hot mic saying that and going specific saying one to get a penalty against Nashville. You, you can't do it. And Tim Peel is a trash bag and he's always been a terrible referee. And that's why I know his name. And you're right, Chris. That's exactly why you don't want to know a referee's name, except for Ed Hockley, who just is for the gun show. But Tim Peel in the NHL world, you know, his name for the wrong reason. I've always hated him. I think he was a trash official. So this just proves exactly what you pointed out, Chris, that yes, there are biases with these guys. And once you get caught, you're done. There's just way too much other stuff, especially with the gambling aspect of it. You can't even have an ounce of question of that going on within your sport. So credit to the NHL. There are two things here. He deserved to get fired because nowadays, like once that audio is out there, it's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's not like it was back in the day where this could have happened on the local Pittsburgh broadcast or Nashville broadcast or whatever. And then like only those people hear it. Right. You know, now once it's out there, it's out there and you're just, you're basically done after that. And so I get that, but this happens in every sport though, man. Like whether he has bias against that team or maybe the penalties were, um, cause I'm not sure. Maybe you guys know, but like were the penalties lopsided, was he like, I had to get one on Nashville know. just to make it look like this. Cause I think that happens in sports all the time. There's makeup yeah. calls all the time in sports. I think that's very annoying. Cause sometimes you're like, well, like if it didn't happen, why call it? But I just feel like they all, they all kind of do it. And it's funny hearing somebody like actually say, <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. 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 The makeup call thing is bullshit. I hate it. Yeah. And, and it happens in so many sports, but like, why can't it just be like, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty or if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's not, it's not just like that would make people a whole lot less frustrated if you, because then when you call makeup penalties, then people expect makeup penalties. So then when you don't call makeup penalties, people get more pissed. It's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, this made me think though, that like in every sport, Officials and referees should have to do post-game press conferences. They should have to answer questions about why they called certain calls. I think the media would love to ask questions about it. Fans would love to get justifications from their mouths. And like the NHL does not, they never make officials available for, for anything. You can, they, they, you can never do that. Sometimes in like the NFL and the NBA, if there's a very big moment, they'll get like a statement from the guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think, I think they should have to talk to the media every game. Uh, I think they sit down with people every week. I don't want to talk to refs after games. Like, I don't know. Like, because yeah, there's got to be somebody that refs the sport. There's somebody that has to do like, has to make sure everything is, you know, okay with everything that happens on the ice the court, the field, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it puts a lot of pressure on those guys. They have to there talk after. I don't know if I want that much pressure. I don't know if I want that. I don't know. Then we got to uh, pay them more. Then you got to pay refs more. And I rather <laughs> them pay, you know, athletes more than they, because they're going to be certain refs. They're going to be holding out for contracts if they do that. You know, like they're out there to make sure that the sport stays the sport and hopefully they don't screw it up. And yeah, I don't know. I don't want to hear from them. If they do that, if it starts in any sport, it needs to be baseball because that's probably the most effed up in terms of 
the umpires and by there's been so many issues in baseball for years, which is why they're like, let's just get robots in here for crying out loud. But yeah, it is. It's in, it's in every sport and it's, it's a shame. You, you know, a guy, you hear a guy, you expect those makeup calls really shouldn't be that way. You know, it, 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 we've just become accustomed to that, that that's the norm, but yeah, there needs to be some level. It, it is good that there needs to be integrity in the game. And then when something like this comes out, there's nothing the NHL could have done. There's nothing they could have said that would have made this go away and made this okay. They would have been dragged through the mud and through hell. Oh, imagine, so. imagine that guy skating out there to do another game. Right. Oh, there's no way. So yeah, it's it's kind of accepted across sports. Dude, when you get caught, that's on you. That's on you. And that's the way... You know, that, that's why he deserved to get to get fired. And I, yeah, again, I'm surprised the NHL did the right thing. But boy, I'd love this stuff to happen in some other sports, some some baseball umpires, a couple of couple of referees in the NFL. Let's get those hot mics out there a little bit more. Let's 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 pull some of the weeds from the garden, if we will. <laughs> it just hurts this happened in the NHL, because like if this happens to the NHL or like any form of basketball or whatever. It's like eh, you can't use the guy's got to go. But if this happened in baseball. Ooh, if we just boy. give you more of a reason just to be like, all right, can we just get rid of them now? Yeah. <laughs> really don't need them. You know, Absolutely. if there's anyone who needs less refereeing in these, in these sports, cause I feel like hockey and basketball and football are so fast. Now they're so much faster than they've ever been. It's like, they almost need more referees out there to figure shit out. But like baseball, same speed, same everything. <laughs> we need less, less umpires. <laughs> I don't know how this got here, but listen, less umpires. That's what we need. True. Yeah, true. I'm for less. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, let's get into brunch court, man. That's are you ready? Dun, 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 you have dun, your gavels, dun, dun, ladies dun. and gentlemen. Or gentlemen. I don't know yeah. Why Another episode of brunch court, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to start off with 7 Eleven. We'll start off with 7 Eleven in their announcement that they are going to be opening a taco, a Laredo taco drive through to 7-Eleven locations where you will have access to not only these tacos, but really any other 7-Eleven items that you want as well, including Slurpees. So you can go through, get some tacos, some Slurpees, some other nasty stuff that you can find in a 7-Eleven. You know, we're in the world where people don't want to get out of their vehicles. They want ease. They want convenience. But gentlemen, is this taking it too far? What do you think? taking it to court, a 7-Eleven taco drive-thru. No, <laughs> this is not needed. <laughs> I don't know why. I saw 7-Eleven taco and I was like, I almost puked. Like I had a 7-Eleven cheeseburger once. Ooh. Like hell, nine years ago now. Maybe 10. I can't remember. I'll never forget it. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. It's absolutely <sighs> disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I didn't know 7-Eleven was known for tacos, but I'm not eating them. Nope. No. Did, what, did you say it's a specific brand of taco? It's Laredo Taco, but apparently they're, they've been tied in, connected with 7-Eleven for, for quite some time. But it's, okay. So it's basically, yeah, 7-Eleven Taco. So uh, I'm guessing none of us have had a Laredo Taco before. No. And I'm not going to. And it's going to stay that way. Food from 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, um... Man, I uh, I hate to be the broken record, 
but I'm going to probably do this every time we do brunch court and ask this question. Who, who asked for this? Who asked 7-Eleven for a taco drive-thru? Like where was the consumer demand for this? You I didn't think... see the 7-Eleven protest? Yeah. You missed that? <laughs> <laughs> we want drive-thrus. Yeah. Like I kind of get it from a business perspective of anytime you go into a 7-Eleven, you got to walk in there. You got to wait in line with these grimy people and whatnot and other <laughs> gas stations and convenience. It's true. Other gas stations and convenience stores, you know, like the Sheets and Wawa's of the world have drive throughs and stuff like that. Now, they offer a little bit more than just some tacos. But so I think this is their way to get their foot in the door. Because what else? Are they, I mean, I don't think it's just a generic 7-Eleven drive through is enough, but they're going to put the taco spin on it. Now, you know, it'd have to be Taco Bell for me to even consider it. And we'd have to have Taco Bell trained employees making these tacos. I I don't care what spin you put on it. A drive-through taco, just other than Taco Bell uh, or Del Taco, maybe is not such a good idea. Maybe they were taking our challenge to all the fast food places to start a taco war. Maybe they were taking it very seriously. Ooh. Um, No one was talking to (laughs) 7-Eleven. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they right. never got brought up in that conversation but that's not but it's like what you said nobody asked for this like no what no one was talking to 7-eleven no but they got us talking about 7-eleven so i suppose this kind of worked um so what are we ruling on here are we rolling on the taco or the drive-through or both both the concept the overall concept of yeah the drive-through taco at 7-eleven Okay, well, I'm going to make two rulings because okay, I approve of a drive-through at a 7-Eleven. I think that is nice and convenient, and for a convenience store, that's what it's all about. However, I'm ruling against the taco because I don't think anybody was asking for it. I don't think anybody needs it, and I think if you have a 7-Eleven, there's probably a Taco Bell within five miles, and just go there. Very likely. That's, yeah. That's I, I agree with you there, Chris. I think 7-Eleven's attempt to get into the drive through game, they had to offer something that was made, quote unquote, on demand when you go place an order, right? Because 7-Eleven isn't known for really anything else besides, yeah, the little rotating hot dogs. That doesn't count, right? That's not, that's not the same thing. So this is their way to get in saying, they don't just have a, have a coffee drive through or just like coffee and prepackaged muffins. Hey, that's not worth it to anybody. Oh, so let's make some tacos. We'll just connect that and everybody will be happy. In favor of the drive through idea against the taco. So overall, no, guilty, guilty. Serve your time. Yeah, I am. I am, you know, I'll rule in favor of the drive through. I've been convinced because. Getting a Slurpee without having to go into 7-Eleven. Big. Is, sounds pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. That sounds pretty great. But uh, yeah, 7-Eleven serving any kind of food that isn't like Little Debbie or Hostess right. or whatever. <laughs> like, no. I'm we don't need no. it from the 7-Eleven kitchen. We don't. No. I don't <laughs> need it from the 7-Eleven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need it from the 7-Eleven kitchen or anyone's kitchen who loves 7-Eleven. I don't need that. So yeah, like Starburst, Skittles, 
Sour Patch Kids, Gatorade, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's what you yeah. get from 7-Eleven. I don't need you guys up there. I don't I don't need the brain trust of 7-Eleven <laughs> figuring out a taco. I'm good on I'm good on that. So no. There's <laughs> your ruling. <laughs> uh all right. Well, that gives us into our next and final item on brunch court for today. This one's pretty fascinating, gentlemen. This is brand new Coca-Cola with coffee. Uh, if you're watching, we've got the visual right up on the screen in these lovely slim cans, Coca-Cola with coffee. It does come in five delicious flavors, uh, dark blend, vanilla, and caramel, and also two uh, zero sugar flavors. I think it's the dark blend and vanilla as well. 69 milligrams of caffeine in these bad boys, guys. What do you think of Coke with co- of coffee flavored Coke, really? This is just an excuse for people to drink Coke in the morning. That's what this is. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Because I know people who like to drink Coca-Cola in the morning. And if you do that in front of people, it's weird. Now, if you say <laughs> yes, Coca-Cola with coffee, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, drinking a little Coca-Cola cold, cold brew. Well, I'm good. That's what you're doing. So this is literally just for the people who like to drink Coke or drink pop in the morning. Coca-Cola was like, we got you. I think you're right. I think it's an attempt at that. And I think it's an attempt at people that usually go for that late afternoon coffee that debate between a Coke and a coffee that this is the best of both worlds and they're getting their coffee flavor. They're getting their caffeine and they're getting it with an ice cold Coca-Cola. So like, I kind of think this may not taste terrible, but like Jack and Coke takes a whole different meaning when you add Coke with coffee here and that'll get you, that'll get you rot up for a couple of, probably a couple of days. Wow. I didn't even think about that. That didn't even cross <laughs> my mind, either. but like, yeah, mixer, let's of go. A, Instead of a vodka Red Bull, you're doing uh, a Jack and Coke with coffee. Yeah, let's go. That put your body at that point because you're like upper, downer. Oh, yeah. Plus Coke. Where are you at? It's weird. (laughs) That's going to be weird. That's going to be a weird combination. Yeah. Um, Hey, bachelor parties next year, boys. Get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't know that this, I'm sure, like, I don't like pop, but I, I'm sure that this probably tastes at least decent. At least one of these probably tastes yeah. decent. Um, I, I tell you, pop in the morning has never been Didi a thing for me. I, I, that's, that's like almost too harsh to start the day for me and- um, What's worse, uh, an adult drinking a pop in the morning or eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch? If you do both, go to hell. <laughs> if you do both, I, that's true. We we chase one with the other. <laughs> yeah, little do you know, Chris Gates Fitness uh, listeners, fans, all that stuff. That this is Chris is very excited to eat cinnamon toast crunch and drink a dark roast Coca Cola with coffee in the morning. That okay. is how he gets down. He's lying <laughs> to you all. This is how he gets down. That's right. That's how I find the energy to work out every day. Is <laughs> I have. 750 grams of sugar and uh i get after it yeah i don't know i'm sure this tastes fine um it's another one where i 
I guess maybe Didi answered it. Like maybe there was kind of a demand because there's a there's a segment of of the audience that drinks Coke in the morning. So I guess that question is answered. Is this for me? No, but I, I suppose it might be for somebody else. Now, it is worth noting that the United, this is, you can buy this now. I've seen it in the grocery store. You can buy this now. The United States is the 50th market in the world to have Coke with coffee. So it's been done and it's actually been done for a while. It originally launched in Japan, which everything launches there in 2018. So it's been around for a long time. Now they've each uh, set of ingredients, each formula is a little bit different based on the country, uh, but they're finally giving it to us here in the United States, the Coke with coffee. Yeah, I think it could. I, I think it could. I think it could taste good. I think I'd try it once and cause I'm not a big pop guy either, but. I'm ruling. I'm ruling in favor. I'm ruling in favor. I don't think. I think there's probably time limits <laughs> to when you should have this as an adult. But let's go. I'm. I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. I rule in favor. Uh, no. No. After, and this is just after reading what's on the screen right now. We're focusing our innovation efforts on doing what Coca-Cola has always stood for and does best, which is to deliver emotional and functional uplift in bigger and bolder, more differentiated ways. Okay. Mid-afternoon, pick up, pick me up. Nope, I'm good. No, we don't need this. We don't need this. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you need an excuse to drink Coca-Cola. Like, just, just go. if you want to drink Coca-Cola in the morning, just drink it in the morning. It's disgusting in the morning. Don't drink it in the morning. It's dumb. I want to know here, I'm going to, how many milligrams of caffeine in a Coke? Yeah, what's 69? 34 to? milligrams for a 12 ounce can. So this is like double the caffeine. It's like double. Yes. Which is not like so much significantly more. Like I feel like they're going to do Coke with coffee and like make it like a mid after, like 35 milligrams of caffeine is a mid afternoon pick me up already. It already is. Mm -hmm. So like doubling that is not that that much, but it, but it is right around how much would be in a, cup of coffee i don't know i i guess i'm gonna rule i'm gonna approve this it's not for me but I, i'm i'm through our discussion i feel like it's for some people i also noticed that coke has 3.6 million subscribers on youtube like who's subscribing to coca-cola <laughs> on youtube dude the people what, who wanted this like what type of <laughs> all right yeah what type of content are you like eagerly awaiting from coca-cola you they can't be posting them. a lot of videos, right? I don't know. Uh, but that tells me that there's, that's a lot of people to subscribe to a YouTube channel. So there's an audience out there. Um, I don't approve of it. It's not for me, but I'll approve it for them. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, before we get into what we're listening to, I know we have a, I forgot we had a third one. I don't know if Chris, you have that graphic ready for those watching at home, uh, but we have to do this one. We have to sneak it in real quick. This week, uh, we don't have to dive into detail, but it's just too ironic for this. Uh, the wonderful folks at Pillsbury and their wonderful canned cinnamon rolls have a collaboration that couldn't be any more poorly timed. Yes, I'm talking about cinnamon rolls <laughs> with cinnamon toast crunch. Oh boy, I feel bad for them. Um, I think. <laughs> a week ago, this is the greatest idea in the world. I mean, cinnamon, I don't know how different it can really be 
they don't go into too much detail. You're, I assume it's using their cinnamon and, and whatnot. It might just be a reason to buy it. I would probably buy it just for that reason alone. Uh, but this week, maybe I hold off and, and wait it out a little bit and check the, <laughs> inspect it. It is Pillsbury, so I feel a little bit safer that it's not from the folks at, that make Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but maybe just uh, slowly open that can. Yeah, what are they going to do different here? Like, how are you going to make a cinnamon roll more cinnamony? Do you get the, like, dust and sprinkle it over top of it? Because I love, I mean, we buy cinnamon rolls, like, probably once every couple weeks. Like, I love having cinnamon rolls on the weekend. Um, I would definitely do this. Now I want to know if it tastes like shrimp, if it it smells a little fishy or something like that. Like, that's, I need to know now. But, you know, it's it's a perfect collaboration. Yeah. Like I, this makes complete sense. I don't know what you do to make it taste any different, but like if you're, if the goal is to get people to think of cinnamon toast crunch, then this does it. Is there yes. like a crunch built into this cinnamon, into the rolls? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think this is like you said, Didi, it's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a match made in heaven. I can't imagine it being bad, but at the same time, I can't imagine a cinnamon roll infused with cinnamon toast crunch tasting any different than the cinnamon roll I was already eating. No. Right. I, I agree. It probably won't, but it would be enough. The, the collaboration is brilliant enough for me to grab it, for me to be intrigued enough about it. Timing is poor. I'm going to let that, I'm going to let a waiver, I'm going to let that fly. There's a waiver on that. It's a separate case, but I'm going to, I'm going to rule in favor of this. I would, I'm intrigued enough to, to want to know what this tastes like. It'll probably be like, oh, it just tastes like regular cinnamon roll, but cinnamon toast crunch is great. And here we are. I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in favor. There it is. In favor. Absolutely. (laughs) Beautiful. Another great episode of Brunch Court. Thank you guys for coming. Of course. And for some reason, people love these, the Brunch Court videos. Brunch Court is now a staple of the Brunch Breakdown. Just, it is. It just is. <laughs> Everyone loves Brunch Court now. All right. Well, let's get into what we're listening to. Uh, boys, um, since I was not here last week, I will start. Um, Claire Rosencrans, one of my favorite young artists right now. Song called, she's put out an EP with two songs on it. I am obsessed with a song called Parking Lot because of the last one minute and like 20 seconds the beat changes a little bit and they do and like the speed of the song changes and it's just really really cool but i love the song before that and then they just do this really really cool thing at the very like end of the song and it changes everything and i just love it so much so um claire rosencrantz parking lot check it out nice um i'm gonna go with the main wonderful band absolutely incredible alt rock uh group and they put a, uh, the first single off their eighth studio album, which is due out in July, called Sticky is the single. And it lives up to their classic sound of the main uh, punchy guitar riffs, catchy chorus, uh, great lyrics. Super excited. The main is great. They're an amazing live band. They've been around for a little while. If you don't, you know, if you're into that alternative rock, alt, alt pop type of sound, the main is one of the best that do it. And uh, Sticky from the main is what I'll start off with this week. Nice. nice. The main's really good. Um, Justin Bieber has a new album out. Oh, yes. Justice. Yes. Justice. Yeah. And uh, the song As I Am starts off with just a very simple piano. 
And in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, when you combine, combine Bieber with a very simple piano, magical things happen. And As I Am is, in my opinion, the best song on the album. So I wanted to put that on the playlist this week, but I've, uh, I've listened through it once in full and then the beginning of it, a couple songs and um, it's just Bieber, man. Like when we look back on Bieber, Bieber's going to have a song for like every phase of our lives. And I realize that now and I'm appreciating him now. And I hope everybody else does. Yeah, dude, the album is, is almost perfect. It's incredible. This is my favorite song too. Um, him and Khalid, the, the harmonies that they have in this song are just outrageous. And this, yeah, the album is, if you haven't listened to it yet, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, super good. Um, and speaking of song, him having songs from like different parts of our lives, uh, my daughter was listening to music and I changed it to Justin Bieber's baby just to see how she would react. She lost her mind started crying it's like <laughs> don't want this on here get this out of here get this off off, off, oh, wow. off, off. and then we go back to the fancy nancy soundtrack every time <laughs> everyone's good nice. after that amazing fancy nancy Ooh la la all right um i don't know if you guys put this because i don't know when this song came out i know it came out recently so i don't know if this was on the playlist last week or not but boys um chris meet me at the altar now my favorite band. I stole them from you. They are nice. now my favorite band. Um, <laughs> just put out a new song called Hit Like a Girl. Um, I know it came out in the last couple of weeks. I'm just not sure when it came out. But anyways, I really like it. And I am. I went down a deep wormhole with this band. And I just, I love their sounds. I want more of them. And yeah, meet me at the altar. And I love that. And also, here's a, here's a fun fact. You know why they're meet me at the altar? Because when you Google meet me at the altar, you know what comes up? Let's get married by Jagged Edge. When you put at the altar, <laughs> only they come up. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. There you go. Amazing. Nice. Amazing. Uh, next one for me is from a band called Chapel. I think I've had them on the, the playlist a while back. Chris, you know them very well. We've love that played one of their songs, uh, actually. Yeah. But they, they, the two-piece indie electro pop group uh, put out another song called Wow. And uh, in anticipation, easy for me to say, of uh, their EP uh, release will be released in April. So they've released a couple so far off that EP. This is my favorite one. It's a short song, uh, really good. They do some great synth work, and I really like how it's done in this song. So wow, from Chapel. Nice. Um, I got Bryce Vine for the playlist this week. Uh, new song, Care at All. And Last week I had water parks on because they had uh, just like an awesome lyric to open up that song. And in care at all, he says, I've been drinking too much about you lately, like all throughout the song. And I think that's just super clever and fun. So I wanted to put that on the playlist. Nice. All right. And uh, my last one uh, is inspired by you, Dan, and your beer choice. 112 peaches and cream. (laughs) Dude, Dee Dee. I wrote that down. I was like, if nobody else says it, I'm putting it on. Let's go. Because I wrote it down. Because I wrote it down. I was like, yeah, this is too good. This is way too good. Because you just kept saying peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. You said it a million times. And I was like, I have to write this down. 112, peaches and cream. Yeah, it's 
go to the that's, early 2000s with that one. Love it. That's amazing. I'm, I can't believe I didn't do that for crying out loud that I knew I was bringing on this beer. Amazing. Uh, last one for me this week is from my girl, Australian pop, alt pop singer songwriter, this Amy Shark. 10 people. This <laughs> yeah, could literally be <laughs> from my girl. That's and I'm fair. Like, which that's fair. one? Which, which one out of the 10? This time it's Amy Shark. Uh, she dropped another catchy tune uh, off of her upcoming sophomore album, also due out in April. It's got a really catchy guitar line uh, with this kind of rock folk beat, beat almost kind of, I don't want to compare it to Mumford and Sons, but it's kind of got the skeleton of something like that, where you can see where the song was written based around that type of simple guitar, but that kind of folky beat behind all of it. Uh, something she does that better than anybody is that she harmonizes with herself. She sings the lower track and the upper track, and it's just... It works so well together, makes it sound like a band. Um, and this song has some really raw and artist, honest lyrics. It's called Baby Steps. So Baby Steps from Amy Shark. Can't wait for more from her, but this one's really good. Nice. And also, I can't forget, sorry, I, I already mentioned it, but Husavik from Eurovision also going on this week to lead it off. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait, Dan. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was going to do peaches and cream if nobody else mentioned it as the retro replacement, but I also had written down this time of year when it starts to get warm out in Pittsburgh, finally, is when I start rolling the windows down in the Jeep and I listen to pop punk music louder than usual. Okay. Because it gets me energized. I'm ready for good weather in spring and summer. Um, and so one of the albums I always go back to is Enema of the State from Blink-182. I'm going to put the song Mutt on the playlist because it's also the song in American Pie that Jim runs back to his house to when Nadia is in his room. Jim is running to Mutt. It holds a special place in my heart. So we're going to put it on the playlist this week. Love it. American Love Pie. It. I was thinking about that movie recently. I can't say why yet, but I'll I'll tell you guys after the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what we are listening to. Boys, any final thoughts before we get out of here after another great episode of the Brunch Breakdown? I, I hope we could all um, feel a little bit better next week. And um, <laughs> maybe maybe we can all have alcohol next week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for most, that you, you two get better. We can enjoy some some brews here together again. And I don't just look like a degenerate drinking during the week while you both have your tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Well, that's the French breakdown. We are out. <laughs> Peace.